Mad Libs last night at bedtime. Got a, got a Mad Libs book. and One of uh, the great pleasures in life. My ki- kids are on a kick with it right now. And um, if you have a seven and nine-year-old, if you have seven and nine-year-old boys and you do Mad Libs, every answer, noun, verb, adjective, whatever it is, is going to be <laughs> flatulence, feet, butt, <laughs> or poop-related. <laughs> Booger. Yeah, exactly. That's oh, it, the boy. whole thing. And then they laugh till they cry. Oh, boy. And you incorporate them into your story. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, many a highway mile was wild away during Mad Lib, doing Mad Libs uh, in the car in years past. Good times. Good times. Um, yeah. And there's some pressure on Dad to come up with clout. Do you participate or are you merely the uh, the pivot man, the, we, we the take, scribe? We take turns. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Oh, I got three nouns in a row, that sort of thing. I remember that. So I'm trying to focus uh, through my bitter, burning hunger as I'm trying to do the intermittent fasting thing. <laughs> I've gotten my, on that bandwagon. My bitter, burning hunger. You trend chasers. <laughs> uh, we got so many. We talking about this mm. last week. We got so many texts from people who say they've tried everything. Yeah. And then they tried the... You know, uh, whatever you call it, different people. Intermittent fasting, but it's you only eat in a fairly narrow chunk of the day. Well, the ideal, get down to six hours of the day or so. There are different names, and I guess it's because you claim in your book. Oh, boy. So you you put a different name on it, so you got your own book. Uh, But anyway. Intermittent fasting is periodic eating is what you need to go for. (laughs) Exactly. But yeah. uh, so what what hour window are you going for? Right well, now? see, I'm going to ease into it because the good advice I get is that you narrow it bit by bit by bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so what are you I, at right now? I was just going to not eat for one uh, hour. Why don't you just let me talk? <laughs> going to cut one hour out. Why, why all these questions? <laughs> I'll eat for 23 hours. Take one hour off. I am now <laughs> roughly an hour and a half past when I normally have a little something to eat before the show. And my stomach's digesting itself, but I'm told that, <laughs> that that it doesn't last. You change your patterns because and so, you collapse and you go to the emergency room, right? Exactly. And then the they sweats. feed you with IVs, and so then it doesn't matter. All right, so uh, listen. But you won't reveal how many hours you're doing right now because we oh. got lots of people with the different hours that they. I couldn't believe how many texts we got last week because. Now, we, we bring up the latest diet, whatever, now and then, but never so many people saying, "Oh yeah, oh my god!" Right, right. Yeah, well, I'm no, at my high school weight for the first time, and I've done them all, you know, that at, sort of thing. At this point, honestly, my idea is, um, and I kind of accidentally have made it into an hour and a half, um, it's going to be an hour later that I start eating and an hour earlier that I stop eating, or the difficult part, enjoying delicious, delicious wine in the evening. So, um, yeah. And the goal for most people is to get into a six-hour window? Well, that's that's Man, like that's the ultimate. Small. That's the ultimate. I, I can't imagine that's ever being the able. ultimate. There's well, like certain right. tech CEOs who who every other day they, they fast to the point of hallucinations and swear <laughs> that, no, I'm really getting in tune with, like, okay, let's calm down. But most medical people that I've seen recommend the six-hour thing is a and good that's, goal. That's a small window to eat. Yes. <sighs> You know, we get up at O dark thirty, so not eating till say one p.m. and I have, and then to, calling it good at seven. Plus, I, I'm not going to eliminate eating with my family at night, so that's got to be included. That's why you make your window uh, crossover. I got a great uh, we well, we got a great note from uh, Craig, uh, the Obamacare lawyer, the healthcare guru, and also a female listener of ours wrote a terrific email that I'll share with you. But 
Um, yeah, she suggests, yeah, make it overlap dinner so you can have dinner with the family. Plus, you look forward to a nice big meal so you don't feel cheated during the day. And that's uh, those are the words I'm chewing on because I'm not chewing on any food. <laughs> well, you're looking slimmer. You look a lot slimmer than yeah, yeah. 90 minutes slimmer. ago. You know what? I've already lost two grams. Thank you. <laughs> so, listen, a lot of attention over the w- weekend to the draft of the university, uh, I'm sorry, Colorado State University uh, Inclusive Language Guide. It was a draft that actually came out a while ago, but it came to the fore because one of your Prager University gals uh, made a video about it. Um, And it's absolutely astounding how far this stuff is going. The desperate search for things to be offended by on other people's behalf. I mean, down to the minutiae. And the interesting part of this is that uh, Maureen Dowd, who's uh, a she's a, like a moderate Democrat columnist for the New York Times. Funny, snarky, smart. She wrote a piece that's getting a lot of attention in in the New York Times, a way left paper. Spare me the purity racket is her headline. And uh, let's see, one of the, one of the, uh, the key phrases is, the progressives are the modern Puritans. The Massachusetts Bay Colony is alive and well on the Potomac and Twitter. And then she relates it to the French Revolution, in which not only words were changed, you can't say this anymore, you have to say this, but they actually changed the, systems, the system of months and the system of days and the week. And you had to fall in line with that. Otherwise, your head would go in this direction. Your body would go in that direction, thanks to la guillotine. Um, and, and I can share with you some of her key paragraphs in a little bit. but Because it's some dang good writing. And she's saying, all right, look, you people are crazy. And you're, you're about you. You're not about what you claim to be about. But getting back briefly to your... Uh, Colorado State University speech code, there were a variety of, of things that uh, they didn't ban, but they said to the kids and the, the faculty and the staff, you shouldn't use these uh, these phrases. Uh, and one that we've discussed, long time no see, which the guide says is offensive to Asian students, except that it's not. Freshmen, since the term man excludes other genders. Oof. Handicap parking, the guide says the term generalizes the population. I'm a reasonably intelligent fella. I don't even know what that means. No, uh, that's just a... Hey, quit general, generalizing the population. Where do you get off generalizing? Well, those are just words. Yeah, wow. They, they don't mean anything. And you can't use crazy, um, which implies that people experiencing mental health challenges are not normal. There's also the oft-discussed uh, part of it that they ended up not including in the final guide, but that you shouldn't use American. The term American, because that excludes people on the continents from other countries and cultures. A Brazilian is an American, so you should use United States students. Or, I'm sorry, United States citizens. Who worries about this stuff? Don't even use the term America. Use United States. That sort of thing. Wasn't that like a Reagan speech? One of the great things about America is that anyone can become an American. Yeah, but 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 what about a Venezuelan? Yeah, probably a poor example at this point, but you could become a Venezuelan if you enjoy starving. Uh, let's see, where are some? Uh, it did recommend people avoid male and female. 
Mr. and Mrs. Male and female refers to biological sex and not gender. So don't mention that somebody's a male. How many people are on board with this, would you guess? On a college campus, it's a substantial number. For the Uh, the general population. Well, even on a college campus, I would say it is a large minority. But they are so savage. And they, if you you frame a debate in, if you're with me, you're a good person. And if you're against me, you're a racist. And probably a rapist. And a racist rapist. Um, Then people are terrified to speak out against you. So it's the framing of it every bit as much as the opinion. But in the general population, oh, no, it's not, not a lot. Be single but everybody's digits. cowed. Mm, I'd say uh, more, but, you know, I, really? could, be, I could be wow. wrong. Oh, yeah, I think there's a solid 15%, 20%. You, you would have a Maybe giant it's... swath of the country where there wouldn't be 1% in the state. Right. Many states. But you're hyper-populated blue states. Yeah, I don't People know. People are at least terrified to say they're against it, so it's tough to get a, a sense of that. Um, anyway, the reason you don't use male and female is in terms of communications methods, we rarely need to identify or know a person's biological sex and are often referring to gender. Then, of course, they get into the 57 different pronouns you're supposed to memorize for people. Um, it also suggests that people use heterosexual instead of straight, since straight implies that anyone LGBT is crooked. Or not normal. Among other words and phrases that they recommend avoiding are basket case, birth defect, the blind. Um, you can't use the blind. The deaf, eye for an eye, colored, dwarf, midget, hip hip hooray. Why can't you oh, say hip hip oh, hooray? There, wait a second, I gotta switch to this other article. I mean, I'm, the other ones I get in theory, even though I don't think where in practice. Is it? Here it is. Oh, I'm so glad you asked that question. I'm so glad. For example, the guide explains the team. The term hip hip hooray stems from Michael, are you ready? Nazi Germany. Oh good lord. Nazi Germany. That's right. Hip hip hooray is a Nazi slogan, Jack. See but, have you ever said hip hip hooray? But this have is, you? This is what I always wonder about any of this stuff. If the person saying it and everyone hearing it is unaware of the origin of the song God Bless America by Kate Smith or anything like that, if nobody's aware of it. It, it really is the tree falling in a forest question. Said the Nazi. <laughs> it is this, exactly the same thing as if a tree falls in a forest. If nobody's aware of the origin, was any harm done? Says the Nazi. Nazi Germany. So, so now Joe's going, Nazi says what? <laughs> <laughs> and the use of hep-hep was a rallying cry to hunt Jews. All right. Now, says this one person who's obviously a racist himself, to suggest that everyone, everyone on campus is offended by the same words, I think is naive. If someone's offended by something, just say so. We don't need to be preemptively telling students to self-center. You know, or self-censor, I'm you know, sorry. You know, what part of this might be is the other studies we've been talking about, how college kids do so much less schoolwork and spend so much time less time in class. Right. And then so, uh, and, and fewer of them have jobs. So you don't have a job, you don't go to class, and you don't study. You got time to stare up your own anus and think about this <laughs> right. stuff. Here's another good one. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, say, don't say transgendered. Say transgender. 
Okay, that's it. All right. Can you imagine? I want to hit you with a little more of what Maureen Dowd said because it's absolutely delicious. And I hope, here's my hope. I hope it gives you the courage to not meekly submit to this this Orwellian bizarro uh, oppression of language. That's it's good. It's good stuff. I hope you can hang around. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So the news flow will be pretty heavy on debates for a couple days, middle of the week this week. Please don't say heavy. That uh, really is offensive to overweight Americans. For anybody who's paying attention, but there are another round of debates Tuesday night and Wednesday night. Ten each night again, which is just too many dang people. Night after night? Night after night. Some people are calling Tuesday night socialist night, because that's a night that Bernie and Elizabeth Warren headline. And then you got uh, a bigger crowd on Wednesday night. The rematch of Biden and Harris. No! And Booker's trying to get anybody to pay attention whatsoever to the fact that he's a black guy also. So he's going to say something just completely outrageous. I hope. It could be anything. I hope. Yeah. And I'm sorry, he's a Tuesday or a Wednesday? Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday, you got Booker, Harris, Biden. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There you go. So the communists are scoring off Tuesday? Yep. Okay. Interesting. So getting back to the whole... um, Maureen Dowd, and I'm sorry, I left out another name. So Maureen Dowd is kind of a, a fairly moderate lefty, and Peggy Noonan is a fairly moderate uh, righty. She wrote for Reagan famously, and, and um, you know, she pens a piece now and again. But so uh, Maureen Dowd's writing about uh, Spare Me the Purity Racket. Uh, the progressives are the modern Puritans. The Massachusetts Bay Colony is alive and well on the Potomac and Twitter. They eviscerate their natural allies for not being pure enough. While placing all their hopes in a color and, well, Robert Mueller. The politics of purism makes people stupid and nasty. And she talks about how much she hates Trump. And man, she just says terrible things about all sorts of Republicans. Says, but Democrats are making that dream ever more distant because they are using their time knifing one another and those who want to be on their side instead of playing it smart. And, you know, to wit... The speech code uh, stuff that we were talking about uh, in the previous segment, Colorado State University is just an example of one of many universities that's going absolutely berserk in being so hyper-enlightened. They have this long list of stuff that kids should or should not be able to say on campus because it's conceivably, theoretically, according to one social professor, uh, offensive to somebody, conceivably. And there are a couple quotes from students. Uh, This one, a gal did what my daughter has done, a campus tour guide. You know, they have uh, rah-rah names for them on each campus. But she says in her role as a tour guide, she was officially reprimanded for using the term you guys, told that it was not gender inclusive. After that, I was so nervous to say the wrong thing every single time I did a tour. Says sure. this poor girl. Well, sure, if you're a 19 year old, yeah, that you would think why. Who has been saying you guys to friends, family, right. and just uh, their entire life? And then Peggy Noonan, 
um, has this piece in, uh, what is the, oh, it's PeggyNoonan.com, our own website, and we'll have a link to both of these things at ArmstrongandGetty.com so you can read them yourself. But uh, her title is, What Were Robespierre's Pronouns? And That's a good one. Yeah. The, and her subtitle is, The French Revolution was led by sociopaths who politicized language, much like today's Jacobins. For f- n- non-fans of French history, the French Revolution was incredibly bloody. It quickly turned into a, an ideological slaughter in which uh, it, was, it was almost ISIS-like. You were in or you were out, and if you said the wrong thing or dared question the leadership, they chopped off your head, and it just became... Well, it was called the terror because nobody knew who who or why anybody would get um, get beheaded. But she says it was a revolution largely run by sociopaths. Robespierre, the messianic schoolmaster, according to one historian's account, uh, saw it as an opportunity for the moral instruction of the nation. Everything would be politicized. No part of the citizen's life left untouched. And anybody who wasn't politically correct would get executed and gives a lot of examples of that and the way they changed the language. They changed the system of months and days. They changed pronouns. Can you imagine that? Well, it sounds familiar outside of the uh, the executions for it. Yeah, I'm well, What's you. coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, we've got a change at the top of the American intel community. We'll tell you about that more. Which matters, I think. I don't know. Does oh, it, it matters that a, deeply, is that a big deal? Okay, we'll see. Armstrong and Getty. The pangs. The pangs. Joe's trying the fasting, intermittent style of dieting. Suffering from the pangs. Oh, they keep panging. How do you know you're not digesting your heart or something? Oh, I may be. That's not how the body works, Jack. uh, uh, Should I go toward the light? (laughs) I, uh, I see the light. Grandpa. Grandpa. Oh, the bang. Oh, boy. You know, it's funny is if I sleep late on the weekend, I can I can not eat for quite some time. But for some reason, just getting up at Odark 30 and coming in and do the show, man, I want to eat. Mm. I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, let's get the news down with Marsha Phillips. Well, I got a change at the top. The How about, direct- wait a second. Is this a thing? How about just like permanent liposuction? I'll just wear a backpack. That'll just suck the fat out of me. As you create it. Slowly, on a day-by-day basis. I'll bet, you know, if we get Apple and the Chinese involved, we can have that thing shrunk down to the size of a paperback novel. Is this like solar-powered, or how does this contraption... Absolutely. (laughs) If you you swing green positive, Sean, that's a great idea. (laughs) I'll just wear a solar panel on my head as a hat. (laughs) Power my liposuction backpack. Also powered by photons. This is my billion-dollar idea. (laughs) Yes. A change at the top. President Trump tweeting out that Dan Coats is going to be resigning on August 15th as the Director of National Intelligence. Trump announced that uh, Coates' last day will again be the 15th. Trump thanking Coates for his great service to the country, ending more than two years in office where Coates and Trump didn't always see eye to eye on various matters. Trump saying he would nominate third-term Republican Representative John Ratcliffe of Texas who's a former federal prosecutor. He'll be replacing Coates, a strong Trump defender who aggressively 
questioned Robert Mueller during the former special counsel's appearance before the House Judiciary Committee. This is part of what Ratcliffe was saying. ...to a legal standard that does not exist at the Justice Department. And it was written in violation of every DOJ principle about extra prosecutorial commentary. I agree with the chairman this morning when he said Donald Trump is not above the law. He's not. But he damn sure shouldn't be below the law, which is where volume two of this report puts him. We paused the hearings right after he said that. Right. He said, who is that firebrand? Right. right. I mean, he stood out as a defender of the Trump side of things. I guarantee you Donald Trump was watching that, felt the same way, and said, put this guy in charge of something. What do we have open? Well, not much, sir. Uh, old man Coates has talked about resigning. Good. Put him out. Get Ratcliffe in there. He's a bright guy. Articulate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, aggressive. He's good. He's right? good. You know, I'd, we'll see how he does his DNI. I don't know if he has any organizational abilities or knows much about intelligence or whatever, but I guess we'll find out. There was a violent police crackdown on opposition protesters in Moscow on Saturday with nearly oh, 1,400 yeah. people detained. The largest number of arrests at a rally in the Russian capital in more than a decade. Everybody, though, was released within hours. Well, not everybody. 150 were still left in custody. That's according to the group's opposition leader. Meanwhile, Alexei Navalny was arrested and sentenced last Wednesday to 30 days in jail for calling for that protest against government election authorities who barred some opposition candidates from running. Anyway, Navalny was unexpectedly hospitalized Sunday with what the uh, government is saying... He had a severe allergy attack. Oh, I'll but bet he did. Navalny's doctors are saying, no, they think he was poisoned. Is he going to die? He's in the hospital, and we don't have any further you uh, might updates. Re- you might remember he was featured on 60 Minutes last yep. year. He's uh, he's He's got a lot of national attention in Russia as a guy who's going up against Putin. And Guy's a patriot. He has enormous courage, mind-boggling courage. It's amazing to a lot of people why he was still alive. Yeah. Uh, about the only reason he was still alive is he actually got big enough that to kill him would have drawn so much attention. A lot of the people that Putin has snuffed, journalists or minor politicians, he kills them before they get enough traction for anybody to pay any attention. Right. Navalny somehow got over that hump, although obviously uh, Putin has reconsidered. All right. And, you know, you mentioned that the protesters only stayed in jail for uh, a few hours, whatever. Yeah, they brought him in one at a time in a room and said, if you want to keep living, cut it out, all right? I've got your name, i got your picture, yeah. now get yeah. one after the other. And, uh, you know, that's I tell you what, old Putin, he's uh, he's uh, a big fan of dictating because he's not reforming at all. Yeah. And and look for something similar in China very, very right. soon. I'm sorry, in Hong Kong, right. and but way more brutal. Here's something I, uh, interesting I heard over the weekend. I was uh, watching podcasts and stuff like that. Um Neil Ferguson, who we really like, historian, he's with Hoover like we are, uh, and um, uh, we've had him on the air a number of times. But anyway, he said he would be shocked if Putin doesn't test the strength of NATO during Trump's term. He said hmm. he'd be shocked if Putin doesn't make a move on one of those little countries right. just to see if NATO would actually um, stand up for Article 5, which is an attack on one is an attack on all. Because he doesn't think we would. And there's a lot of people that have wondered if we would, even going back to Bush and Obama. Right. But he thinks he he thinks Putin will do it. And I, I wouldn't surprise me. How old's the Pooter at this point? He can't live forever. Mid-60s? Of course, yeah, if you wait say. for dictators to die, you're going to be waiting a oh, long yeah. time. There's right. something about it. 66. The, the dictating gene also gives you longevity, apparently. 
He's 66, huh? That will be a yeah. moment from the war- for the world if uh, Neil Ferguson is right and Putin tests NATO. I don't think we would. I don't think the rest of NATO would say, yeah, we'll go to war with Russia because an attack on one is an attack on all. I don't think it would work that way. There are many steps short of war. Uh, that we could we could uh, implement even more sanctions and then move uh, many many troops and tanks and airplanes very very close to Russia in a way that they wouldn't appreciate at all uh, without actually you know shedding blood. But uh, I hope it doesn't happen. But I think he's probably right. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. <laughs> There you go, Squawky. Boy, I tell you what, if I'm an Estonian, Latvian, Lithuanian, I'm pretty nervous, though, to hear that sort of talk. Boy, I've got a market watch story about the baby boomer generation and how they've handled their money. Um, It is really, uh, really shocking. Really? And it's not, uh, baby boomers should not comment on millennials. Of course, baby boomers raised millennials, right? Right. Mm Mm-hmm. So, are you allowed to criticize your own offspring? You probably ought to look in the mirror. Although, I don't know. Kids have their own free will. You bring them up right, then you turn them loose. Maybe they screwed up. Maybe it wasn't me. Maybe it was them. Well, wait till you see how the baby boomers have uh, have fared or are going to fare, according to market watch. We're talking about averages, obviously. Oh, of course. Or, or, you know, tendencies. Doesn't apply to everybody. If it doesn't apply to you, don't get butt hurt. Okay. <laughs> Don't hurt is a term. Don't get, don't get, up. Don't get butt hurt. Millennials I, I have offered up that fine term. I yeah. remember the first time I heard it. I, I was, was. What does I, it I mean? It I mean, I know what it means, but what's the origin of it? Uh, Why? I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure we want to know. What's the specific meaning of it? Do you mean? Or I know you know that. Well, I know what it means. Yeah, but yeah. I don't. I, I, it was always confusing to me because yeah. it's. It's like a, 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 it's an emotional thing. Right. But it, the being, being butthurt would be a physical pain. I've been butthurt. I slipped <laughs> on the ice. Right. Fell down heavily. Like, I have done that myself. My wife lost her balance on some lava in Hawaii and was seriously butthurt. Terrible bruising, bleeding, and that's a lava's Ooh. like knives. It's terrible. I, I choose to interpret. I have called for the capping uh, of all volcanoes. I choose to interpret it as a uh, don't let your don't treat emotional pain like physical pain. Oh, really? Yeah. What? Don't get uh, don't get butthurt over this. I under it might you know don't do this. This is an emotional thing. Don't get don't respond like you're being physically attacked. Hmm. That, that's interesting. That's how I've always kind of interpreted it. Mm, that's interesting. I like etymology. Study yeah, I, do, words. I don't like it as a term, but it's etymology. It's, it's the <laughs> it's the best one it's out Greek, there. You idiot. It's the best one out there, and everybody uses yeah. it. Yes. <laughs> well, would you like to coin another one during the commercial break and come back and introduce it? The the, um, uh, the English language needs to come up with a better term than that. Ah, uh, I, I, like I said, I hated it when I first heard it. <laughs> But I have embraced it. I, re- I refuse to use it for a very long time. Uh, yes, I know. But then you just you have uh, you have to give in because everybody it's just it's part of the nomenclature or the, the 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 language rather. Right. Yeah. And people were butt hurt that you wouldn't say it. <laughs> it is a terrible term. Oh, it's awful. I wish people would stop, including like, me. I wish I would stop. Sounds like something an eight year old came up with, and his eight year old friends started saying it. Not you know all of society. We got to work on it. My, my, my youngest, who's, you know, in the process of reading and spelling and stuff like that, and always asking me why this is spelled this way and this spelled. And I, I, it's dumb. It's dumb. We shouldn't do it. We should have ended it a long time ago. 
I wish we would end it, you, but we haven't. You you could explain that English is the amalgamation of many languages because well, of the nature yes, of the that, European that tribes. During the that does not explain. That does not explain why we still do it. No, that does not explain that. There's no good reason to have C be an S yeah. sound and a K sound and have a K and an S. There's no good explanation for it continuing to do it. And how would you describe your sense of being aggrieved by that? Would you <laughs> Would you perhaps admit that you're somewhat butthurt? <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. Hoping to break out of the bottom tier, Andrew Yang, who tweets, I would like to signal to the press that I will be attacking Michael Bennett at next week's debate. Sorry, Michael Bennett, but you know what you did. Of all the candidates I've seen on the trail, you seem to be having the most fun, are you? Oh, it's a very low bar, you said, Trevor. (laughs) That is hilarious. What a hilarious tweet. (laughs) I'd like to alert the media that I'll be attacking Michael Bennett. You know what you did. <laughs> that is great. That is really funny. You know, I've been a little slow to jump on the Yang bandwagon uh, for a couple of reasons, including the fact that he doesn't have a chance because he's hell, Asian. But, uh, sure, that's it. <laughs> racism, of course. Um, but that's funny. That's a really funny thing to say. He is a damned interesting guy, um, and he's polling ahead of Beto. Cory Booker, and there's another one of your major names that he's pulling. You must be wrong, Jack. Beto and Cory Booker, first-tier candidates. We've been hearing that from the beginning. Anyway. From uh, Jeb Bush. (laughs) That's enough of that. we got two more debates this week, which we'll be discussing if there's stuff to discuss. We're under the 464-day mark, Jack, till the election. Yeah, 463. I like making that comment uh, as much as anybody. It's a little misleading in that the picking the candidate for the Democrats happens a lot earlier than that. Mm-hmm. That will happen. And then uh, we have the exciting and all too brief general election, which goes yeah. on for months. Oh, yeah. A very, very long time. As if you couldn't encapsulate really what somebody believed in their plans in a week. There will be. How, how about this for the new plan? All of America dedicates the second week in October to listening to the candidates, a series of speeches and forums, and it's almost a national holiday. We listen, we think, and then we have two weeks of echo chambers, apologists and arguers saying, well, that's why that is clearly a good idea. And we go vote. Would anything be lost? Fundraising would be lost. JFK got in in January of 60. So you'd get in in in, in the the year of the election, you would get in. Right. So you've got 11 months to decide on candidates and then have a general election. That's still a long time. That's still a very long time. Right. And we we add a year or two to that process. There's going to have to be strict enforcement though. I mean anybody who even hints that they might run for president prior to that time you got to execute them. Wow, that's a strict enforcement. All right, life in prison. I'm working with a lefty over here. <laughs> <laughs> Bleeding heart. 
A couple articles got my attention in USA Today. Airlines making slow progress on pets. For some reason, they're really having a hard time cracking down on the abuse that is rampant in the world of comfort animals. Mm. I don't know why it's so slow. It's got to have to do with uh, lawyers and whatnot, I guess, that they can't just say, no, you can't bring that dog on. You look fine. Because they got a doctor somewhere on some website right. for $200 to write a letter that says this is a comfort animal. And you claim you've got anxiety. And I suppose you know, that's when you get into the legal problems. How are they going to get around that? That's so my they, new career. I'm going to get a Ph.D. in something really easy. Start calling myself Dr. Joe Getty then doing fake online certificates for, I don't know, what do you need? You need uh, permission to smoke pot on the job? You want to bring your dog on an airplane? Whatever. I'll sign it. <laughs> you want to bring your dog on an airplane? Back uh, in my early adulthood, Jack, uh, nobody flew with dogs ever. No, ever. And, you know, just as an amateur sociologist, I I, I would like to, uh, you know, I'd like somebody learned to save me the trouble of thinking about it and reading about it and explain to me what the heck's going on with everybody having a dog and everybody taking it everywhere. I love dogs. I love my dog. But I don't take them everywhere. I'd, I'd rather have the freedom to, you know, go out and live my life. But... Um, is it because I raised three kids? Um, and I, I, I've, that's fine. Um, <laughs> that's fine. I've had enough. That sounds terrible, too. Um, <laughs> that part of my soul has been nourished. There you go. Uh, but I know people who raise kids who, who do that with their dogs, too. I just, I don't quite get it. There's, it's, it's funny how you reach tipping points on lots of things, right? So, um, for better or worse, for better or worse, I'm not putting a judgment on all these, but for better or worse, you know, being being divorced, having a divorce was just really, really an awful thing, mm-hmm. you know, years ago that you would you would have avoided at all costs because of social stigma. To the then, point of staying in a terrible marriage, then, perhaps. Then yeah. you cross a point to where there's enough people doing that, that it's common, then it becomes more acceptable and there's more of it. And there's lots of stuff like that, and one and one of them would be, Saying out loud to people, I'm so anxious I can't manage my life without my dog next to me, is the sort of thing you wouldn't have wanted to say out loud even if it were true. No. Not very many years ago. In a group of 60-year-old women in 1979, you'd have been hooted out of the room. Because you wouldn't want to come off as so weak and sad that you can't handle life. Now it is almost a badge of honor to say you can't handle life. It's a badge of attention. And and in the tips over to the point where you would you don't nobody mocks anybody for saying they can't handle life. Mm-hmm. It's a oh poor you. What can I do to help you? Right. So right. you know it's funny how these things change. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do want to get how the baby boomers have handled their lives poorly. The most selfish generation in U.S. history, the baby boomer generation. No, but yeah, why must you? That impute? is so clearly true statistically. I mean, there's Such just no imputer. getting around it. Yeah. Um. And next hour, we have to get into what Joe's calling the controversy du jour. This is the latest Trump's a racist flap. We'll do one segment on it. Trump said something mean. Trump said something mean. I can't handle it. People have responded. They're they're angry. (laughs) Over and over again. Over and over again. That's amazing. I mean, wall to wall, you walk in the lunchroom right now, I'll bet you $100, $100 US dollars, they're talking about it. Well, I could flip the TV right now. Let's just do it for fun. Let me flip the... 
Find CNN and we'll see what uh, they're talking I about. I think it's, what is CNN on that system? I'll find it right Oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. Big money. No whammy. No whammy. Oh, that's good. <laughs> CNN. There, there it is. And Show me Elijah Cummings. <laughs> no, oh, it's a commercial. It's a commercial. It's a commercial. Oh, it's, oh, off. it's a commercial for people who can't get direction. Dang it. That's the other great guess. Can't or won't. If I, That's more complaining. <laughs> If I switch over to Fox, it's walk-in tubs. If I flip to CNN, I can't get erections because their audience is old. Wow, easy now. Careful. <laughs> I don't I say you're right. Um, Let's see if MSNBC is not. I remember back in the day, you know, people were tougher. I mean, these days, it, it, well, back in the day, a baby would cry to get attention. Now adults are doing it. At least you got some guys like uh, Shark Attack guy still on the scene who, who gets eaten by a shark and walks in. Instead of going to the hospital, he goes to the bar. Says, hey, look at my wounds. Now, that's a man. That's a man I can respect. Need to say that more to people. Or he's just a numbskull. Who have impotence. Can't or won't. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just didn't know. Oh, yeah. That's what what we need more of. Bernie on the stage tomorrow night. Up against Elizabeth Warren. This is her chance to take some more of his mojo. She's already got some of it. She can take it all. She can really drink his milkshake, suck all his lifeblood right there on the stage. How many metaphors are enough? (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, there's only, you know, the communist vote has got to concentrate on one person. And he's got kind of the old tired uh, thing. And she's got the dynamic, I have a plan kind of. I'm a fighter. Charming school marm thing. (laughs) Well, they've they've each got about 20%. For instance, in New Hampshire, you get that in one candidate. Right. And you got the leading candidate. Oh, there you go. Yeah. 